Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Reimagining God is really about waking up to that realization that your beliefs or your faith don't fit anymore, but then actively engaging in it, actively working to put all of the pieces back together. God is ridiculously patient. Good morning, friends. How we doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Live stream. Always love having you guys. Man, it's so good to see you. Hey, I have here uh, the diamond that I proposed uh, uh, with. uh, 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 Yeah, I proposed with Ashley. Yeah, I don't know if she remembers it, but I just want to show it to you because, you know, I uh, I was a poor college student, and then we got married. I was 25. She was 26, I believe. And anyways, I scraped up all kinds of money, you know, called up my rich uh, Arab friends, which I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any, even though I'm from the Middle East. No. Uh, but I did. I did. And then I tracked it down, and it actually came off her ring. It came off her ring. And uh, anyways, I just want to show it to you guys, because I just feel like, you know, that now that we've gotten uh, to know each other a little bit more, some of you guys are coming back, and some of you guys are brand new, and some of you guys have been here forever. I just feel like we need to step forward, you know, and go. I just want to show you something, part of our lives. So this is the diamond that I proposed. I fell off. <laughs> It, it, it fell off a ring. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because, you know, I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's, a, it's a little bit blingy. It's a little blingy, right? Whoa, hey, yeah, yeah. This is the actual thing. She was like, it's too big. I'm like, what? Come on. For you, sweetie, come on, right? 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 Some of you guys are like, this is not helping. This is not helping. They're looking right now at the ring. I, there's already pressure. Like, you're, yeah, you're like, okay, this is not obviously it. But this is, uh, this is real. No. See, I've been lying so much. I just felt like, isn't it great? The pastor comes out and starts out lying, you know? At least I'm being honest about being lying, lying. So anyway, so, uh, but no, this is, uh, it's obviously fake. But this is a, a kind of a gem that we found on Amazon. Praise God for Amazon, right? And uh, you can find all kinds of things there, you know? Maybe even salvation. I'm not quite sure. But, right, right. But uh, uh, I found this because I wanted to illustrate something that we've been doing this entire time. I don't know if you guys know this or not. So we started a series called uh, Reimagine God. And uh, I don't know how you grew up. I grew up with a different kind of faith. And, uh, and we learned some stuff. We learned some stuff. Uh, and I grew up believing certain things about God and God's character that I believed in, and lived out my, in my life and interacted with him. And this is the way I lived. And, and some of you guys grew up not maybe in the Muslim faith, but maybe in a Christian faith. And maybe in a faith that you just kind of like went along with it. Islam, Islam was definitely one of those faiths that I kind of went along with. Uh, just because I was like, you know, I mean, uh, whatever, I'll believe I believe what I believe, and that's it. And then you grew up, and then you begin to interact with God a certain way. 
Um, and this series is really about realizing that we're all um, in this together. Like we've all kind of maybe experienced a faith, experienced uh, maybe even the Christianity that we grew up with, where that we just need to stop and consider, hey, why are we doing what we're doing? And so this whole entire series is about deconstruction, but like Pastor Kristen mentioned, it's also about reconstruction. It's, it's, it's for us to really grow into our adult faith, to question some of the things we grew up with. And so this series has been really uh, profound for a lot of people, I got to tell you. For some people, it's been nerve-wracking because you're like, oh, hold up, you're saying oh, this or uh, this, and I've always heard that it's that. And I'm going, yes, exactly, because there's so much more to God. So going back to this, uh, the, the diamond ring that I proposed with, um, the, this gem represents a concept in Jewish faith that the rabbis would do. They would take the scriptures and they would, in, in their phrase, they would turn the gem on the scriptures. So what they believed that, that, that God's word and even God was like a gem. And so as you put it against the light, every time you kind of expose it to the light and turn it, you'll see a certain part of the diamond or certain part of the gem that you'd never seen before. You see, in the Western world, we think of spirituality as a coin. It's either one side or the other side. So it's either black or white. It's binary. And in the Eastern religion or in the Eastern concept or Eastern mind, when you talk, even with Jesus, he never spoke like binary things. He never spoke, it's this and that. It's like, it's like this. It's like that. Because storytelling in the Jewish faith, storytelling in the Middle Eastern faith, storytelling um, it was very important to understand the mystery of who God is and what the kingdom of heaven is and what Christianity looks like or what spirituality looks like. And so this entire series, I've been turning the gem. I've been taking certain concepts that, that you've heard about, and I've been turning them and turning them and turning them. And I've had a lot of conversations about, oh, I did not realize this. I did not realize this. See, my hope is, friends, my hope is that you walk out of these conversations, which, by the way, if you're joining for the first time, you want to go back and check them out because they do build on each other, or at least they'll give you the heart of what we're trying to do. And in fact, if you don't understand maybe what I'm trying to accomplish, this is in Colossians 1. This is, uh, this is the kind of the heart of the series. The heart of the series is this, okay? And I'll tell you why this is so important and why we're talking about this. Colossians 1, this is Paul. He says this. He says, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and to bring every person into the full understanding of truth. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. What's, what's the secret? Living within you is the Christ. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Uh, I'm making a big deal about this series and about the conversations we're having is because I know some of you, uh, not claim to know everything about you, but some of you, I know that the things you're facing, the challenges that you're going through, the decisions you have to make, the, the, the anxiety that you're dealing with, I have no idea how to answer it. I have no uh, remedy for it. 
Like, the, the, you are looking for direction in your life. You're looking for, like, is this going to be the end of my life? Is this it for my life? Is this, is, is this relationship going to end? Is this relationship going to stay like, like it is? Is the future secure? Do I know where I'm going? Like, all of those questions that you have, all of those things that you wrestle with, and especially the emotions you wrestle with, see, it can't be found in, in like, me telling you or someone telling you, oh, this is what you should do. It's found in you actually pouring yourself into and focusing into this relationship with God, understanding that, that God wants you to pursue him and then and, and expect that there's more of him, but there's also more for you. And so you have to turn the gem, in a sense, in your life, because that is the solution to some of the depression that you've been wrestling with for, the, for, for a very, very long time. The, 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 the sum of the loneliness that, that on, on no one knows and no one understands, and even you don't understand, the, the answer to that, it's not found in like, you know, another seminar and another sermon. It's found in a deeper relationship with God, an understanding that there is so much more out there. And so that's why I'm pumped about this series. That's my heart behind it, that I want to awaken your hearts to the possibility that there's more for you. There's more for us. That God is never measurably more. He's immeasurably more. There's so much more out there. And so if, if you're one of those, you're like, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm good with what I believe, man. I'm good. You're, you're messing me up. Well, I'm glad I'm messing you up. I'm so glad. You're like, I don't even believe what you're saying. Great. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Go after it. Search because my, my goal is done. My goal has been accomplished. So let's turn the gem once again, week four, about uh, on, on, on God. So as you turn to Jem, I want to propose to you today that God is like a gardener. Now see, God's like a lot of things in the scriptures, a lot of things. But I, believe, I, wanna, I want you to imagine, what if God was a gardener? What was, what if, I know, this is the craziest scene, like, I know, like, people who are seriously into yard work, anybody? And we know some people who are, like, they're into yard work, like, like, crazy into yard work. One or two people, that's my people right here. How many of you have ever thought this, because like, I've thought this, I've looked at my yard before and go, sand the whole thing. <laughs> sand the whole thing, put some rocks in there, hello, Middle East. Like, <laughs> let's do this. Let's, let's do this. The HOA is going to have a problem, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> pastor Mike, I don't know if you guys know him, one of the pastors here, loves yard work. More than that, loves my yard more than anything else. And I think my yard loves him. I, I've literally, I think I've seen this. Okay, he pulls up, he walks into the yard, and all the bushes turn to him. The, the grass is straight up, like, hey, hey, attention. It, it wants to look the best for him. It's, that's the problem. And I'm like, you've never like, looked this good. What you Like plants that are sort of like, I'm dying. I'm, no, 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 he's here. He's here. The one we love is here. And the one who loves us is here. Because the boy, I, Pastor Mike, he has like, I'm not even home. He, he goes by, he's like, hey, by the way, I weeded and seeded your yard. And I did it, da, 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 and I watered something, thing. And I'm like, Go to your own house, bro. Like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? He loves it. He loves, loves, loves it. What if God was a gardener? I think God's a lot like a gardener. Like, I've walked by my neighborhood, and people, you know, there are people that are doing the stuff, and they're, like, they're so meticulous about it. I wonder if there is a, 
if there is a, uh, a characteristics, if there, is a, if there is a side of God that we do not tap into or we do not realize uh, because we never thought of him as, as, a, as a gardener. I believe it's so true. Because I'll tell you what happens with, 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 with Jesus and with this relationship with God versus maybe the religion you grew up with. You see, the religion you grew up with and I grew up with, um, actually the goal of religion is really to control us. I mean, that's really it. And the control is justified because they want to control us or it wants to control us because it wants to change us. Because, by, because as you are, you're not good. So you need to change. And religion wants to control you is because you're out of control. And you just need to change. So every um, religious uh, you know, concept, every religious uh, teachings are really about control. It really is. It's controlling human behavior. And so when the message of Jesus or, Christian, or the message of, G, uh, of Christ becomes Christianity, it begins to control you. That's why some of you lived a certain way. You lived with a lot of rules. There's a lot of things that you could not do and would not do, and there are things that, that were told to you that you should not do these things. Because why? It was about controlling behavior. And see, I think that if religion wants you to control you, God really wants to grow you. He wants to grow you into the person you were created to be. He wants to grow you into the person you were meant to be. Because it, control is really about behavior. It is. And, and, and growth is really about character. And so in one way, you could even say this, that the reason why I believe God is a gardener and wants to grow you is because he is not focused on your behavior. He's focused on your character. And that's deeper. And that takes a lot more effort than just pretending to be someone that you're not. Anybody pretended to be someone they're not? Anybody? The answer is yes, 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 yes. Because if you don't do that, you are doing that right now. Okay? So let's jump in. Why, why, why do I mean that? Why do I mean that? I mean that is because I think the world needs, and I think we all need uh, 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 the church or Christianity to actually be like Christ. And that's the big idea, right? What does it look like to be in Christ? What does it mean to, to be like him? And what does it look like for God to grow us? So let's j- jump in right into Genesis. And let me show you how God is a gardener. So Genesis 2, uh, 7 says this. Then the Lord, then the Lord God took some soil from the ground and formed a what? Man out of it. He breathed life-giving breath into his nostrils. And the man became, began to live. Then the Lord, then the Lord, help me out, say it out loud, then the Lord did what? The Lord God what? Planted a garden in Eden. He's a gardener, apparently. He's like a gardener in the east, and there he put the man he formed. Now, what's interesting about this is the idea of how God loves soil, right? He loves soil, apparently. Like, why would he choose to make man out of soil, and I remember, like when he created creation, he said it. He said it. But then when it comes to, um, when it comes to humans, it's, uh, it's made, we're made out of soil. And that's why we're called humans, by the way. The word actually means to be created from dirt or created from earth. Did you know that? That's why we call ourselves human beings, because we're created from the ground. But there's something about God saying, I want to get my, my hands dirty in creating man in my own image. 
And, he, and then he plants another garden. I mean, he had already created all the other things, but he planted a garden. What's the deal with that? Like we, and, and why is that so important? It's so important because Genesis 1 says this. Let me read for you, to you. It says, then, then God took over and looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And the evening passed and the morning came, marking it the sixth day. See, God has looked over his creation and he said, very good. He's looked over every, if you go back and read Genesis, every day he made something, he said, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then the end, he says, it's very good. Now, why do I keep saying this? Because I want you to understand the soil that you were made from was what? Good. Good. And I know that you're thinking, no, 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 you know, I'm deeply flawed. Number one, I know this. Number two, I've been told this my whole life. Okay, okay, uh, I, I get that. I'm deeply flawed. But the soil that God created humanity from was what? Good. It was good. And sometimes we just don't understand that part of us. We don't understand that, that, that it, it matters so much where we start. It matters so much the soil that we plant things with. Now, how many of you know, at least, if you don't know yard work, which I believe this is my, this is my people, you don't, but we do know this. There is good soil and there is what? Bad soil, right? And then sometimes people say, well, it's not necessarily bad soil. It's just soil that cannot grow a certain kind of plant. But there's always, there's soil. But we know there's sometimes there's too many rocks in the soil. There's so many things in the soil. Soil is extremely complicated. And see, for some of us, I think what we realize is when we look at our lives, we just go, no, 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 we're always bad. We've just been bad. And I get this idea of sin. I totally do. I sin, okay? I mean, I sometimes make a habit of it. How about you? Okay? But... I have to look at Genesis and go, okay, so you, your creation your, was good. The soil you created was good. Why is this so important? Why am I talking about it again and again? Because I think fundamentally some of us have started our relationship with God with this in mind. We've thought God looked at us and said this, I know I can't trust you. I know you're a terrible person. I know you're not good enough, but I still love you. I know you're really terrible. I know you're going to always fall short. I know that you are so weird. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know what? You know what? But, but lucky for you, I'm God. You're forgiven. I love you. How many of you want to start a relationship like that? How about I go, hey, hon. So, I know you're a terrible person, but... Will you marry me? And I love you forever. I mean, I'll get over this stuff. I'll forgive you. I know. I know. You're bad soil. I get it. <laughs> Will you marry me? This is huge. Come on, marry me. How many, how many ladies want to sign up for that? Anybody want to sign up for that? No, no one signed up for that. Why do, why do you think we are so messed up in our interaction with God? Because we look at ourselves in God, and the first thing we think is we are bad. We're not enough. We're not good enough. See, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, 
There's a point if we need to look at that. There's a point of what we need to look at our flaws. There's a point, of course, we know the rest of the story. But you got to go, I, we started with good. And then we actually started with very, very good. God starts with soil, good soil. And see, I know and you know that the soil of our life is all the things that have happened to us. I know for some of you, like you have these, these, these moments in your life that, that have been marked you forever. That's part of your soil. Uh, because everything matters, right? Everything matters. The matter in the soil matters. So your, so your work matters, your accomplishments matter, your, 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 your joy matters, your failure matters, your success matters, your sin matters, your, your, all of those things matter. Your loneliness matters, your, your, your deepest fears matter. They all matter, and they're all in this soil. That's you. But then God is that gardener that wants to actually grow something out of you. The beginning of the year, if you didn't join us and if you just, uh, if you don't know, we started the year off talking about the fruits of the Spirit, knowing that God wants to develop our character. He wants to grow these certain kinds of fruits. And I, I gotta tell you, this year, if there's nothing else we talk about and you, you feel like I'm re- like repeating myself, it's because this year, I just wanna focus on the character, the kind of person we are becoming. Because too often we focus on what do we believe? What do we believe? What do we believe? Do you know the amount of denominations that are there? Pick one. I mean, come on, we can keep on going. Do you know how long we've been going as a, as a, as a movement? For thousands of years. We've got all kinds of opinions and all kinds of belief systems. And good luck believing whatever you want to believe on those things and arguing about should we baptize dunking or should we baptize sprinkling? Should we dedicate this? Should we dedicate that? How do we do communion? How do we do that? What about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? If you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. If you don't do speak in tongues, you're going to hell. Like... As, as, a, as, as, as a Muslim coming into Christianity, I was, I was convinced at one point, everybody, every Christian wants to send people to hell. Like, that's the deal. Everybody is like, we, we're going, they're, they're going to hell, they're going to hell. I'm like, really? Wow, I mean, I guess I'll go there because the party's up there or something. I, like, what is going on here? Why? Because we've been focused on belief. See, realizing that God's a gardener, focuses on the fact that God wants to grow something in you and grow something in me. And he wants to work on our character because religion wants to control you. And it's about behavior. God wants to grow you and it's about character into the person you were meant to be and I was meant to be. So what does that look like? What, what does that mean? Well, Jesus talks about it. He takes a concept of guard, God as a gardener and he talks about our relationship with with God. Here in John 15, he says this, I, I am the true uh, grapevine and, and help me out with this thing, and my what? And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do produce fruit so they will, they will produce even more. So notice, he cuts off to produce more. I mean, those of you, those two of you who know how to do yard work, you understand that concept, right? You, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce 
fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce what? Much fruit. Apart from me, apart from me, you, you cannot do anything. Now, he's talking about this idea. He's talking in the context of, of, of a relationship with God. Like if you want to accomplish something with your relationship with God, apart from being connected to the vine, apart from you realizing you're a branch, apart from you understanding that God's the gardener, if you don't understand that relationship, you're going to, you're going to detach from it and go, well, I'm not going to uh, submit to this process. I'm going to do and figure out life on my own. And here Jesus is saying, you can't, the things you really want to accomplish, the things that really matter. He's not saying that you can't accomplish anything. Obviously, you can accomplish uh, a lot of things without God. What he's saying is, well, the things that really matter, the, the, the relationship you really want, this, this, this deep the connection with God that you want, obviously, that's why you're tuning in, you're listening, you're watching this. You can't get that without understanding this symbiotic relationship, this idea of how you play a part and we play a part, that God is going to uh, be the person who's going to prune and going to shape you, and it's connected to your character. And that might seem like the, it's a punishment. Pruning seems like a punishment. I spent, I don't know why, it just happened to fall this week. I spent like four hours because I neglected my, my bushes and my trees and my, the, 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 what do you call that thing, mulch thing, beds, right, whatever that is, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm like the one a year guy, okay? And I don't even have a huge yard, I mean, I, I don't, but I'm like, so, and then I spent four hours, I'm not even done, I gotta go back and clean up. Like, this is crazy. My neighborhood, now my neighbors always love it because they're like, ha, 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 this is what he's doing now. You know, because you, you're supposed to do it like, th- did someone say throughout the year? Whatever, okay? So, yeah, but I, I don't, okay, I don't. And it's just overgrown. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, they're all connecting to each other. They're going out to like other people's yards. And I'm like, what's happening? What, what's going on? So much work. And you know what? Every time I prune, or my version of prune, it is ugly at the end, man. Those bushes look like, what did you do to me? Like, I'm naked. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I, 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 maybe I had this relationship with plants. I mean, I think people do, right? I look at them, and they're like mad. They're like, where's Mike? Like, what is, why are you doing this? Don't touch me like this. Because I'll tell you, especially the, uh, the rose bushes, man, they sting me. Like, Ashley was like, they stung you? I was like, yeah, they stung me. Did you, you mean you, no, no, they stung me. They went out and stung me. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The pruning is violent sometimes. I'm like, I got to get in this and I got to cut this up. And, and, and I've done it before. And obviously the next season, man, it's great for them. Pruning does feel like punishment. I remember a conversation with one lady one uh, years ago, and she said, "She said I can't." And she was she was having a moment, and she was like, um, "She's like I, th- I think God's punishing me uh, because of just my just just the poor choices I made, um, like in my twenties." And I'm just, I, I'm just listening to her, and then she just she said it, and I'm not quite sure if she wanted to say it, but she said, "Yeah, I think that's why I can't have, I can't get pregnant." 
And I stopped her, and I was like, whoa, 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 what? She's like, yeah. And then she said something like, ah, you know, I deserve it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, he's got to get back to me. Get back at me. He's got to, you know, there's consequences. And I was like, hey, it bothered me a little bit, you know? I mean, there, there, there's obviously consequences of sin. Sin is part of the soil in your life. We got that. But think about it. If God got me back and got you back for all the stuff, <laughs> did someone just say dead? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Dead. <laughs> the end. It's over. For everything, if he just goes, you know what? If he got up on a bad day, he's like, you know what? Oh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's going to happen today. You're going to learn today. This is happening. Okay, we're cutting everything. We're, I'm repaying you for everything. He's, not, he's, he's a gardener, and you're his garden. He planted you. He cares about you. He doesn't get us back. I mean, even the scriptures are point blank. They say he does not repay us for our sins. He does not do that. Pruning might feel like a punishment. Things are not happening. You are not having, uh, having a hard time getting pregnant. It is not God punishing you. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. See, the, pr the problem with pruning and this whole soil analogy is, is that if you're a plant and you're planted with other you know, plants around you, yeah, you can look at the other plant and go, okay, what's wrong with me? They're blooming like crazy. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I mean, we kind of have the same soil. What's wrong with what's, what's, what, 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 am I, I mean, am I, like, am I not enough? What, you know? Like, for them, it's just so much easier. And for me, it's not. Sometimes you actually have to move a plant because it's not put in the best Way, I mean, it's the best uh, exposure to, to shade and uh, light. I mean, Ashley's done this. I don't, but she moves plants around. She's like, I got to move it because it needs a little bit of shade and doesn't need it. That's why I don't do yard work. It's so complicated. Okay, I'm like, it's just, just, you know. But it's like, no, 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 we got to move the plant. And so sometimes when you get moved out of a place where you're comfortable with, you're like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And then other times, I mean, again, taking this whole analogy to a next level, I mean, weather is unpredictable. It's not the, the gardener didn't do it. The soil is not the issue. The plant's not the problem. You're not the issue. It's just weather. And life sometimes just throws all kinds of storms. It throws all kinds of issues. It shows, I mean, all kinds of uh, um, just uh, terrorizing things. I mean, I've just talked to several people who just have bad, not bad, just awful, uh, maybe even life-threatening diagnosis. I mean, there are people who you know in your life who, 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 who have cancer now. And you're like, what did I do? What, what's going on? What happens? And sometimes life just does this. It does. And God has told us, like, in this life, you're going to have all kinds of things that are going to pop up, troubles and trials. But I've overcome the world. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I, I can help here. I can provide shade. I can do this. But see, God, I don't think sometimes keeps the rain from coming and keeps the storm from coming. 
I mean, I've talked to you about this before. If it's his job to always keep us safe, he does a terrible job. Maybe he's not supposed to be the weather guy. He's, supposed to, he's the gardener who's tending and caring for the plant, and you're that plant. What if the things that you're facing right now, the pruning that's going on, the, the cutting off, um, is, is connected to God just growing you in his grace and his time? What if you and I just go, you know what, okay, okay, the, the, this, is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on just being planted here. And that's why Jesus says, here's how you do it. Remain in me. Don't walk away. See, this conversation that we're having about reimagining God, this idea about deconstructing your faith, some people are like deconstructing their faith and losing it, as in they're walking away. And, some other, and, and, and Kristen mentioned this. You're, some of people are using this as, as an excuse to walk away from their relationship with God. And I get it. Church can be so tough if you're watching this, I mean, and you might not even want to walk into a church building because there's so much history there. There's baggage there. I mean, I get it. If you've been abused in any way in a church setting, why would you come back? I get that. I totally get that. I get being triggered in a space. I remember talking to a volunteer once who served in, uh, in, in the military and uh, and, you know, he, he was so nice. He was like, hey, I, you know, I love to serve. I, li- I love to, to be a part. But I just got to tell you, I cannot be in, like, in an auditorium with you. And he said, I just, I, 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 I just have some trauma, and I can't be in a confined space with you. And uh, at first, I was like, what are you, ta- what are you saying? Because he's like, you know, I mean, I, I love listening to your messages. I, I'm with you. I, but I, but it, because... I just was in a battle and I was in a war and I was served at a time where it just messed with me and people that shot at me and almost killed me looked like you. And I get, I get that. Oh, I get that. So I get trauma. I understand that. But the trauma of you that you went through is again the soil that God wants to use to grow you up. And God loves to watch things grow. I mean, come on. It's one of the reasons why Jesus was born again through soil, human, and then started growing up. And God's like, grow. I want to watch you grow. Okay, is it my time? No. I'm in my 20s. Still no. I'm single. Okay, I'm in my 30s now. Come on, what's happening? He just wants to grow, grow, grow. And he waited 30 years for, for Jesus to go, okay, now you are ready. Now you're going to be this person. Now you're going to step into it. Why does God take so long? Why does growing plants take so long? It's just a never-ending process. And sometimes you just have to it's, it's just it's so meticulous. That's why God is so careful with you so you and I can live, in a sense, carefree because he is going to be that person. He is the, I know, this is the image of like you, if you walk by and there's this person in, in their yard doing the stuff, they're so focused on it. God is that so focused on you and I developing, not trying to control our behavior. No, 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 no. It's about growing Ah, it's like growing, growing a character. And the beautiful thing about growth is you don't know what's going to happen. I think God loves it. God doesn't want you to grow into that kind of person and this kind of person and that kind of person and this kind of person. No, he was like, let's see what happens here. 
Let's see what happens here. Because every plant is different. Imagine a relationship with God that you're free to actually become the person, but then you have to have the courage to actually be and become and allow God to prune, allow God to work on your character so you can become that person. This is a deeper conversation. It's not just about believing. It is more than that. It is about becoming the person God wants us to be. So remain in him. There's a, there's a, there's a French word. It's, called, it's spelled terroir. Terroir. I hope I'm doing it right. If I'm not saying it right, how many of you speak French? Anybody? I don't know. If you are from France, I'm sorry. But it's this word that they, that they use for, um, um, they use in terms of like uh, making wine, right? So they, it's a vineyard kind of a term. Basically, it's like planting a vineyard in a particular kind of soil to get a particular kind of taste for the wine. It's like you 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 put this in an in ideal soil, and you uh, grow certain kinds of fruits to it, and the, you can add certain things to the soil, and you can get aromas with it. It's a, it's a deeper process than I care to understand, honestly. I did, I did finish a book by uh, um, Beth Moore. In fact, the book is highly, I highly recommend it. It's a must-read. It's called Chasing Vines, and she talks about this concept. But the, the word tovar, I want you to understand this. This is how, this is what it is. It is, it is, it's it's, it's French term uh, to describe the environment, the environmental factors that affect a crop, including unique environment context. And it's 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 a farming uh, practice, and it's used to grow a particular kind of habitat. Now, what does that mean? What that means is this: is that this. Tovar is this space, this environment that God will take you to to produce a certain kind of characteristics in your life. That he is putting you in a place right now for some of you to develop a certain kind of characteristic in your life. It's like the ideal place for you to develop a certain kind of crop. Now, uh, there, there might be some of you who go, I don't like my Tovar. I don't like it. I mean, that's what the word we get territory from, you know? But I don't like it. I don't like it. But he's putting you in a particular one to actually get you to, um, to d- develop and produce something. It's an ideal um, and a very unique environmental context. So what could it be? It could be the place you work. It, it could be the relationship you're in. It's a relationship that might be ending. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's the diagnosis that you got. It's, it's a lot of those things. It's the decisions you have to, to, to make. It's the challenging uh, issues that you're having with people around you or even your loved ones, maybe even your kids. I mean, it's, just, it's just tough right now. You're like, what's going on right now? You can hit a certain season. You're like, what's, what's happening here? Could it be possible that God is saying, okay, this is your space right now to develop a certain kind of thing. Just remain in, just remain in me. You know what's fascinating about this, though? What's fascinating about this is even Jesus. Um, Jesus had this, this, this Tawar experience in Isaiah. Let me read you Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 says this. Okay, It's pretty lengthy, but I think it's really profound. It says this. It says, um, The people replied, Who would have believed what we report? Who would have seen the Lord's hand in this? Now, Isaiah is this prophet who prophesies, and he is, he, he's not 
with Jesus' time. I mean, this is thousands of years uh, before that. He's just, he's just writing this stuff down. And he says this. Okay, uh, who would have believed this? He said, it was the will of the Lord that his servant, he's talking about Jesus, should grow like a plant taking root in dry ground. He had no dignity or beauty to make us notice him. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing that would draw us uh, to him. But he endured the suffering that should have been ours, the pain that, he, that we should have bore. All the while, we thought that his suffering was a punishment sent by God. But because of our sins, he was wounded, beaten. Because of the evil we did, we are healed by the punishment uh, he suffered, made whole by the blows he received. See, God put Jesus into a dry space. He took a plant and he grew him in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of a humanity that was going south in so many ways, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of times where the Jewish people didn't know what was going on. He was like this plant planted in dry ground. They didn't want anything to do with the Messiah because it had been 400 years plus. They had, Jewish people had believed that God was going to rescue them and nothing had happened. Jesus grew up in Roman persecution because empire after empire had been taken over their, their, their cities and taken over their country. And here you've got Jesus who springs up and starts to grow. This was his ideal situation, and the things he went to was to create something for us. I just wonder sometimes. I wonder, like, is God doing this to you and me? Maybe is he taking us and putting us into a terroir? Is he putting us into a place that... uh, that we are supposed to grow into. And sometimes people will look at our suffering. People will look at our pain. People will look at our torment. They go, I I think he's doing it because of that. I'm not quite sure. Maybe he sinned. Maybe he did this. You know what? I I knew this would happen to her. Her life's not going well. All of those things. But maybe, just maybe, God's actually growing something that would actually change and affect all of us and influence all of us. Maybe, maybe the soil that you're in right now, the, what he's growing in you, is not just for you. It's obviously your character, but it's for other people as well. So the question is, are we committed to this? Are we committed to this? Because God is committed to this. Philippians 1 says this. It says, I pray with great faith for you because I am fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will fulfill, will, will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, I think God's in this for good. He's here for it. He's committed to the process. It's never ending and he's okay with him. It's okay with him that the plant, like you and me, will go off and do certain things. It's okay with him because he's committed. The question is, are you and I, are we going to remain in him? And are you, are you mentally, are you emotionally, kind of, have you even said it? Have you set your intention to go, I'm up for it? Have you done that? I pray that's what we do. I think your next step, my next step is saying, God, I'm not going to control 
the weather, the plant, the, the fruit, the flowers, the, I just don't know. I'm surrendering myself to the gardener, uh, the one who makes beautiful things. And so if we, if you and I would do that, man, I think our lives would be so different, so different. So let's imagine, what if God was a gardener and you, was, you were his garden, you were his plant? Let me pray for you. Can I do that? Lord God, thank you so much for this. Thank you, God, that you are a God that allows us to see that we, we are more than, we might be dirt, but we are good dirt. That you uh, have made a way with your grace and your forgiveness, what you've done on the cross, God, to remove the things, God, that uh, would hurt us and not allow us to become who you created us to be. I pray that today we would surrender our lives to you. God, I pray that we, we would say, God, I give you my life. I give you the soil, the, the, the crop, the, the fruit the, of my life. I give you everything. I, I, I wanna, I'm going to remain in you today. That's what I'm committed to. And I'm committed to seeing what I, I become. I'm going to stop trying to control everything. I'm going to allow you to grow me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.